From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. The Alaska Native Sisterhood Camp 2 Juno gathered on the state capitol steps during the noon hour today in protest of Wasilla Republican David Eastman. Representative Eastman drew national attention earlier this week as he was censored by the Alaska House for comments he made regarding the economic benefit of child abuse deaths in a committee meeting on Monday. He was censored by the House on Wednesday with a vote of 35 to 1. Eastman has been censored in the past. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon and Anchorage Representative Andrew Gray were in attendance and spoke at the rally. Representative Gray brought the censor motion Wednesday. Yolanda Fulmer spoke at the rally. We are beneficial as a whole, healthy, supported people and that requires resources because we are a product of cultural genocide and erasure. And if David Eastman doesn't like the environment that has been created for us, then he needs to change it. He needs to uphold the words he has on his website. The pro-life that he comes with, he needs to be pro-life now. He needs to remember that the people in the community are listening to him. Fulmer asked for the people at the rally to stand united. For whatever reason, he forgot to look up from his tunnel vision and recognize that we are standing right here on Shlingit Ani. And we are a product of that environment that he has such vitriol against that he would ask that we expire instead of being financially supported into a whole healthy people. She then challenges his leadership. I ask you, what good is he as a leader? Us as Flingit people, most of us have heard from our elders, weigh your words. Weigh your words before they leave your lips. That means scrutinize and scan for impact. Remember to think ahead. If David Eastman cannot think a few steps ahead, to think about the impact that he is having on his own community, what good is he as a leader? Why do people like Sarah Vance and Ben Carpenter excuse away his behavior, his words, as an entitled opinion? After the rally, Alaska Native Sisterhood Camp 2 Juno President Jamie Ann Sutlin called for action inside the Capitol. Knocked on the door of David Eastman's office and spoke to his staffer. His staffer, we asked if uh, Representative David Eastman was available to speak to Alaska Native Sisterhood Camp 2 Juno. They informed us that the representative was preparing for judicial committee. And so at that point, we had the question of the call to action. And the call to action for him is to remove himself from the Judiciary Committee. We did not get any time with the representative himself. Our second visit was to the chair of the Judiciary committee, Sarah Vance's office, and she was not available. She was not in her office, but her two staff members were very kind, listened intently, and that call to action is to remove the Wasilla representative, David Eastman, from the Judiciary Committee and to discontinue allowing him a platform 
where he could speak these harmful words. Alaska Native Sisterhood Camp 2 Juno asks people to be kind during their call for action. Lauren Cusimano, communication lead for Southeast Alaska Conservation Council and member of SEAC United, says the union has gone to an election process after National Labor Relations Board decided last Monday that they had jurisdiction over the nonprofit. The most recent update was last Friday when SEAC leadership appealed the jurisdiction decision made by the NLRB. We thought they didn't want to voluntarily recognize us. We're now going to a hearing, okay. Um, and then when we heard last Monday that the hearing ruled more or less in our favor, we were excited to move forward, begin the voting process, and start looking toward the bargaining process after the fact. Everything we've been told is that FIAC leadership just respects a voting process. They respect a policy, the way policy works, and all the steps of an election process, and that they would respect the outcome. Voting ballots were mailed out yesterday to the six non-management employees despite the Appeal. Cusimano shares her thoughts on the appeal made by SEAC leadership to oppose this jurisdiction. To appeal that after making all of those claims is where we have to start questioning why they're deciding to spend more money on representation from a law firm to fight that same decision. Where is this money coming from? How are they not possibly spending tens of thousands of dollars? And how is some of that not donation dollars at this point? You know, there's no more really covering for that. Meredith Trainer, executive director of SEAC, told News of the North through an email why they decided to make the appeal. She wrote that the recent NLRB hearing was the first interaction they have had with the NLRB since this process began, and their request for review is the next step in a multi-step decision-making process by the NLRB. They want their employees to be able to work with leadership to make the changes they need and have substantial and extensive processes in place that enable leadership and employees to do so. Trainer stated, SEAC leadership has concerns that a large national union might try to influence the decision-making around public policy that occurs at a small independent grassroots advocacy nonprofit like SEAC. Trainer said the request for a review will give the NLRB the opportunity to more deeply consider those and other risks that are unique to a small informational nonprofit like SEAC. Cusimano says they are moving forward. The vote will be counted once we return our ballots on March 30th. We're told that this will in no way affect our vote or our ballots being counted next month or anything like that. Coming up next on News of the North, the gold medal basketball tournament is returning to Juneau after three years. CCFR responded to a boat fire this morning. Today marks exactly a year since the beginning of the war in Ukraine. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. The gold medal basketball tournament has been on hiatus for three years due to the pandemic. It will be the 73rd anniversary this year. Gold medal takes place as usual at Juno Douglas High School and is coming up soon, March 19th through the 25th. Tim Wilson, Hall of Famer and co-chair for gold medal, and Sasha Soboloff, a retired gold medal member and elder joined Dano on Capital Chat to draw team brackets live on the air. The brackets include women, masters, C bracket, and a B bracket. The B bracket is the heart of the tournament. Sobolov shares the rules and guidelines of the tournament. Number one is cooperation. Number two is 
cheerfulness from the players and the fans. Number three, ex- the acceptance of constructive criticism. And number four, the acceptance of the referee's decision. And for those of you who have ever been a ref, that's a, that's a, that's a reality. Number five, clean play. Number six, fair play. Number seven, booing and cursing is off limits. This is a sportsmanship tournament, and we really stick very closely to that. And number eight, you have to be a good loser. He gives a rundown of the week. We open it up at noon on Sunday, and usually there's an evening performance by some group if we can get them there. On Monday, we have the opening ceremonies in the beginning of the the evening at 7 o'clock where we have dignitaries that come. We have the presentation of our colors, the national anthem, and we have politicians who want to get their basketball into the court, so we honor them, and I understand that we have some officials that will show up for our Monday opening. Tuesday, we also have some events that may or may not show up, but that's kind of the highlight. He says they hold a special memorial. Wednesday or Thursday, it's actually the day that we do the memorial. My dad had a portion of this program set up, so if we had lost our loved ones since the last time we together, we always separate them by eagles and ravens and by the families, and we recognize and have a little ceremony in between games. On Friday, we're getting down to the actual winners, because remember, this is a double elimination tournament. You can, you can lose your first one, but you better not lose the second one, because then you're out. On Friday is a Hall of Fame, and then Saturday is the last day. And the Hall of Fame is a unique event because we give the opportunity for the players who are who are already elected to the Hall of Fame to vote on the applications that we have received for the new Hall of Fame. So they, amongst themselves, do their own updating, and so we make those awards on Friday. And then Saturday, you better not be late because you either be there or you'll watch from the outside because, <laughs> boy, those those bleachers are packed and there's no way that... And, and in typical fashion, because of the sportsmanship and the talent that comes to this tournament, usually the championship games are either a blowout or they go down to the last minute. Capital City Fire and Rescue Fire Marshal Dan Jager gives details on a boat fire from earlier today. On Friday, February 24th, 2023, at approximately 7.51, Capital City Fire Rescue responded to the Hawk Bay Statter Boat Harbor for a report of a boat on fire. Upon arrival of fire personnel, uh, contact was made with the harbor staff and the boat occupants. There was a commercial fishing vessel that had an electrical fire in the engine room, and uh, between the harbor staff and the boat crew, they used portable fire extinguishers to knock down the fire prior to us arriving. And when we got there, we just made sure that there was no uh, extension of the fire, no other problems. No injuries were reported, and the actual cause of this is undetermined at this time. Today marks exactly a year since the beginning of the war in Ukraine. ABC's Enes de la Cortora has more on how Kyiv is marking the somber anniversary. Ukrainian President Zelensky marking the one-year anniversary of the war in his country by addressing his people, speaking for nearly 15 minutes, referring to February 24th of last year as the longest day of our lives, the hardest day of our modern history. Zelensky also remembered the fallen, both civilian and military, and he was defiant, saying, we did not raise the white flag, we defended the blue and yellow, we were not afraid, we did not break down. We did not surrender. And as Delacuatera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. 
And two days ago, U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski spoke of her support to Ukraine during her annual address to the legislator at the Capitol building. It has never been more important to stand with Ukraine, to preserve their democracy. I am proud to do so. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.